everybody, I'm Matt Harrington from the Bennington Regional Chamber of Commerce. Welcome to our vodcast, Marketing Vermont. Aaron Fry from Fry Creative, happy to be here. Yeah, we're, we're excited. I mean, we're, we're like in the six or seven episodes now, so hopefully you've really liked it. You know, before you, we, we dive into this episode, just leave us a comment on one of the channels that you're listening to. Uh, just let us know uh, how you're liking the, the, the marketing podcast, uh, other topics we could talk about. I feel like we've hit almost everything, at least in the new digital space. Um, but maybe you want us to talk a little bit more about traditional media and, and its place in the world. Um, so we're happy to, but, but just leave us a comment. We want to, we get encouragement and we get feedback um, that, that makes us know that we're on the right path. Today's episode, so we've gone over everything from do and delegate, from high philosophy, 40,000 foot view uh, concept shows. We've told you how to make a vodcast and some other episodes, mm. um, where to put your money, where to put your people, that sort of thing. Yeah. This episode, we wanted to say, if you hired, and this isn't a pitch, but if you hired <laughs> Matt and or Aaron to come into your business and just turn the marketing funnel on, turn the faucet on, um, what would we do? So if I were to start a new business tomorrow, or if I were to lead the chamber and I were to take over a business, what would I do? And I think you're asking yourself the same thing, Aaron. What would you do in the next three weeks to six months immediately? And I think sometimes our businesses are like, yeah, just that. Like I get the big stuff, I get the, the tactical stuff, but really, what is the, what's the operational status? What would you do, Matt and Aaron, in the next six months if I gave you my flower shop, my chocolate shop, my insurance company, uh, my real estate company? So let's walk through that this episode, if we can. Sounds good. Good. So first, and this is not to seem like it's too philosophical or too high level, um, I think it is imperative, and you've heard us talk about it on this show before, you've got to develop your narrative your brand, your story. And that may be different than what it was last year. It could be different than when, how you started or your mom or dad started 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. But as you move forward, if we were to come into your business today, we would sit down and really create what is the hook? What's the pitch? Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean we can't pivot from that in a year and a half. Doesn't mean it has nothing to do. But if we even look at the Shires, you and me and some of our media team had to recreate the narrative of that Shires. What did we want the Shires of 2019 to be that it might not have been in 1990 or 2000 or, or even 1780? Um, so developing that narrative and that brand and that story that we want people to tell. And that can be as contextual as when I touch, when I walk into your insurance agency, it, it feels like this. It is this. I'm big on that the values, and sometimes that's a soft term, right? What are the values of our organization or company? But the values dictate the rest. The values dictate the decisions you make. Values, which says we believe in customer service, we have integrity, we have respect for our blah, blah, blah. That dictates how you're going to run the rest of your mission and vision. It, it determines the people you're going to hire. It also determines the people you're going to fire. I was in a meeting this, this morning with a restaurateur who also runs a country store, and she says, when I interview candidates, I actually run them through our mission and vision, and then I tell them scenarios, and I want to learn how they react to those scenarios. If somebody were to walk into our country store and do it this way, how would you react? Because I want them to see immediately, before they're even hired, how they're going to treat somebody. And to me, that gets back to the narrative branding and story 
of, of, of what you're creating if we were to walk in your company tomorrow. What's the next step? What would you do? Next, I think I would, you know, once you have that in place, which again, like you said, it really defines like so much for these next few steps. Um, I would get into your organic and paid strategy. So based on who you are, which you've defined with your, your brand story or your narrative, you then look at how you're going to communicate that to other people. Mm. And we've talked a lot about, you know, needing to post daily on social, running um, paid campaigns that amplify your, your good pieces of content. Maybe you get a nice 30 second video created by a local um, video um, freelancer and you put your dollars behind that but I think you need to have some thought behind what you're doing organically and paid which then will kind of set the course for the other things and um, the, sh the stuff you're going to implement on the day-to-day -day. yeah and, and you and I did that quickly with even a Google Doc that we shared right. when we really started to turn on the faucet you know and and this kind of uh, it was not a clean line of success between like when I took over the chamber and us getting to where we are today. It was kind of like this kind of formation. Uh, but eventually you and I got to a place with our media team that we created an organic and paid strategy in a six page document that we continue to update, but that I shared with my board and I shared with my staff to say, these are the marching orders moving forward, at least from a marketing perspective. Yeah. Not so much about uh, organizational or membership or anything from a chamber perspective, but really it was just like, here is, I want everybody to buy in and understand where from a 40,000 foot view organic and paid strategy in terms of marketing is gonna go. So for us, right after we developed narrative, Right after that brand and the storytelling. And, and that can be things that you're writing out. I mean, one of the best things you could ever do to find your narrative and brand, step one, would be to write a blog that helps you discover what type of chocolatier are you? What kind of restaurant are mm -hmm. you? Uh, what kind of insurance agency are you? What kind of chamber are you? That'll help get you to that. So when you're looking for a practical practice to get in the habit of. It's not unlike therapeutic journaling. Mm -hmm. um, you need to therapeutically journal your way to what your brand and, and story is. On top of that, once you find what those are, it's about finding the tools and the vehicles to execute that brand. I mean, that's really what you're talking about. Step two is finding execution and the tools and the platforms to execute that. Yeah, for sure. And I think that flows into our next um, item we wanted to talk about, um, which was the customer information acquisition and organizing that. And I know you had some ideas yeah. like with email. Simply put, you need to be capturing your customers or your potential customers. And we've talked about it uh, in different pockets through the other episodes. Yeah. But what I'm always really, really surprised about, especially from, I can speak to the Southern Vermont business um, style of what's currently happening is no one is collecting information or no one understands the value of the data that they could collect. One of our best uh, members, one of our best businesses, um, during one of our higher festival times uh, became a sponsor. They put a booth out there and they were giving away a free um, uh, fire uh, kit or something like that. And uh, thousands of people came and put their name in the little box so that they could win this fire pit. Yeah. And like, they got thousands of names. Now, hopefully that customer and that, 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 that member, um, and I would imagine they did, put all those into a database so that they could continually touch those types of people. And so mm -hmm. in anything, 
be building an event, be building uh, a win a case of wine, win a case of chocolate, um, get a free insurance assessment, whatever the value you can provide as your business, find ways that the cu customer will give up that information. Easily, uh, one way that we've seen that happen is even on your website, if you have a pop-up form, um, I wouldn't put sign up in the right-hand corner of your website because everybody will ignore it. Uh, as we mentioned in one of our episodes before, the audience will actually absorb a lot of tension that you don't think it will. So if you think, oh my gosh, if I do a pop-up banner that pops up with a sign-up form, all, nobody's going to come to my website. Uh, human character and science has proven that that's wrong. Right. <laughs> that you could annoy your uh, audience to a certain degree in order to get valuable information and they won't leave your website. They will either click out of that uh, subscribe box on your pop-up form mm -hmm. or they'll you know, fill it out. We found that our uh, database went up 400% when we added that pop-up form. 400%. They weren't paying attention to the sign-up form or the, the thing on Facebook. What we needed was something to pop right in front of their face. So again, minor tools to do some of the, what we're largely talking about, which is customer information acquisition. Yeah. How are you gathering data so that then you can create an email database through Constant Contact, Emma, or just maybe your own personal email, whatever it happens to be. Um, but it also comes into play even on social, right? Like Facebook Pixel. So talk to us a little bit about that, Aaron. Yeah, another, you know, with digital, there's a lot of ways to track. And I know things, um, you know, are going to be changing with Facebook Pixel. And I don't think it's going to go away, but I think it's just going to be a little different how we use it. People might have the ability to not have the track um, their activity and that type of thing. But, and that's fine. But I think for today, um, it's really powerful as far as, building audiences and databases of people that, um, one of the metrics we look at is people that engage with your content. Mm -hmm. So if you've broken the ice with them, that's now an audience that we would consider to be in your middle funnel where you can then follow up with them with other pieces of content. Um, so the Facebook pixel also can track, you know, people that have been to your website. So you can follow up with them within Facebook and hit them with a different type of piece of content knowing that they've been to your site so I think that can be valuable too. And again, this just helps you, instead of just throwing your money around, you have some intent behind it knowing that you've had those connection points. So that's where the Facebook pixel comes into play. It's similar with uh, Google Display remarketing. Okay. So you track them on your site, looking at your product, and later on you reconnect with them um, with a display ad showing that product. I think we've all experienced that, you know. Yeah, where we retargeting. touch a website and all of a sudden I'm getting garden tools like a month later on yep. my Google search. Yeah. Yep. So that would be another example of using kind of data and tracking to um, help your customers kind of reconnect with them um, and that type of thing. I think going back to the offline stuff, more and more with brick and mortars, there's also opportunities with point of sale systems. Sometimes they have that built in like loyalty program or those yep. types of things that you can sign up for uh, people with at the counter. And that can be another way to do something similar. Right, right. and you've talked about it before, just couponing and, and and percent of sales off and that sort of thing. So, yeah. you know, join our coffee club, join our cigar club, join our tire club. I've run into them all, but we want your information for that. And because of that, you will win by providing 
you know, getting more sales and coupons and that sort of thing. And we, the business, will win by collecting your information. And that's that's the game we're in. So again, we've talked about, and, and I want people listening to this to yeah. really kind of have a checklist writing this down. Yeah. Not if you're in the car, you can play this back at home. <laughs> um, but developing the narrative, brand, story, whatever you want to call it. And that may take some, you know, offline time to kind of think about that, write a Google Doc, write mm -hmm. it in a journal. Um, after that, creating some organic page strategy. Well, I mean, a marketing strategy. You've got your narrative. Now you've got a story to tell. What's the tools and the vehicles you want to do that in? What do you want to pay for? What do you want to create as content? Then what we just talked about was just the beginning of that customer information acquisition. So hopefully people can start to paint a picture in their mind of like, I could see myself over the next six weeks doing some of these things. Yeah. After getting that customer acquisition, one thing that, you know, maybe a, a smaller thing on the ladder, um, but I, I, I encourage every business to attempt to try and do this, which is to create a monthly event that requires you to write a press release. Two things are getting done at once there. One, you need a press release. You need to be sending it to your local paper, to your regional, state, and national level of industries you're in. So if you have an industry magazine or magazines, you should have the publisher's email on that. A couple hours on Google, you will be able to find that. Mm -hmm. And same on and, and go through that national, you know, maybe it might regional northeast, might be regional within the state. It's also the state level. And you should have information from everybody from your business magazine outlet. So for us here in Southern Vermont, you should have the Albany Business Review. You should have the Times Union. You should have the Vermont Business Magazine. Those are all uh, editorial places that you should have contact with. And again, a quick some time on some Google or, or wherever looking in the back of the magazine will easily give you that person's email. So you need to have those press releases ready. Now what I find, what I run into is, well Matt, if I keep selling flowers and the only thing I do is sell flowers every day and that's my business and mm -hmm. I love my business, how can I write 12 press releases in one year? Or what am I just saying? That roses are here and then tulips are coming. Yeah. So what I've encouraged a lot of our members to do, and I would encourage anybody listening to this, is to find ways to create events. Yeah. And it goes back to, I think, last episode, Aaron, you talked about business can be fun too. And I think there's a little bit of a reluctancy to say, especially in Vermont, where we're just, we're, Puritan, Puritans and we like hard work and we have the Puritan work ethic, we just think it should be hard. Mm -hmm. When in fact, and there are plenty of businesses around here that do this, where all of a sudden you're going to start a trivia night on a certain night, there's a press release. You're going to start, you know, 50 Cent Wing Mondays, there's a thing. We're going to support uh, this fundraiser for this nonprofit, there's a press release. Yep. So I'm not even talking about big things, although we have found that the local chocolate shop tries to create the biggest Reese's Pieces. There's an event. They do a Fantastic Fridays. There's an event. Yep. Make your own candy bar. There's an event. I've already rattled off three yep. in five seconds. So again, taking some time off and saying how in that calendar of, of your marketing strategy can you actually carve out events um, that might be supportive of, of press releases because you need to be having that good relationship with, with the, the news as well. Yeah, like you said, I you know have fun with it. Uh, something that comes to mind for like a flower shop, maybe towards the end of the school year or the beginning of the school year, or whatever, maybe you have a, a free flower for a teacher or something along mm -hmm. those lines where mm -hmm. kids can come in, get a free flower and bring it to school to their, you know, yep. stuff like that where it's, it's, there's uh, good energy behind it too. And, you know, you can carve out, you know, how the, you know, those kids think about your business and the teachers and every, it's just a win-win. And yeah. so think about things that are fun, unique, 
um, go after a world record, Reese's Pieces, whatever it yep. might be. Yep. Um, but yeah, find what fits for you and what you're interested in. And um, Well, yeah. and, and, and one of the thoughts, and, and I think where some businesses get stumped is, now that's a cost to me. I have to give flowers to every kid. And I think there needs to be a paradigm shift on that thought, which is those are marketing dollars. You're paying for better press in your local paper. Mm -hmm. You're paying for uh, you to get customers now. It reminds me of the old program that banks used to do where kids could come in and set their, up their first bank account for free and they'd get a lollipop and all that kind of yeah. That is a dedicated, I mean, the kid's actually going to have to jump through hoops to close that bank account someday. So they, they, they will probably say, oh, forget about it. I'll always have a bank account at this bank, which is a win for a bank. So just like the flower person, view it as that 7 to 10% we told you to set aside for marketing. Mm -hmm. View a fraction of that percentage as entertainment and or events. That part of your marketing dollar is going towards the purchase of X amount of flowers that X amount of students can come pick up. But all of a sudden, on every flower is the listing of your flower uh, shop and the phone number and the website people can visit to go back to it and maybe even write you a thank you card. I mean, that's a story in and of itself. Yep. And you can't, that's almost unpaid marketing dollars. Uh, so create those events, create those reasons for people to come to your business. Um, and, and we can go through, I think a uh, couple episodes back, we talked about a wine and cheese party per block. So a uh, person that was originally doing print uh, mailers um, and was just kind of doing them uh, top level, just print mailers everywhere, uh, which gave him some success. Uh, I said, it'd be interesting to target those print mailers to certain communities within your larger town. Mm -hmm. And for that community at these streets, they have a wine and cheese and they close down the shop only for those people from five to eight o'clock at night on this Friday and they come in. So again, create those events that are exciting and I think you could do a press release about that. After uh, the release, Aaron, what are, we, what are we also doing? I mean, this kind of goes hand in hand with the things we're talking about, but in terms of social channels? Yeah, I think, you know, if we were looking at, you know, jumping in, these are baseline things too. So make this, this list is your starting point. Mm -hmm. um, I should say that as well, because like this next one is set up social channels um, based on what fits the strategy that we talked about earlier. So um, some, in some cases, you might have like a personal account that's, you are using as a business account, but you need to make sure everything's like set up correctly. And again, this is one that you can probably check off the list pretty easily. If you're not sure how to do it, there's a lot of stuff online. You yeah. can watch a YouTube yeah. video, learn how to do it. But yeah, setting up your social channels and uh, making sure that you have that foundation there as you move forward on your strategy and your organic or your paid uh, content. One question that still comes up on, I guess I shouldn't say I'm, I'm amazed at it, but it does come up a lot is, should I use a personal account groups or Facebook page, especially for a business, the algorithms work more for, you can do more for, you can manage and see more and have more insights if you set up a Facebook page for your business. So stop running your business through a personal profile. Right. Don't run your business through a group. I think groups are, are great and we'll get into that in another episode because I think Facebook is switching on. Uh, uh, putting more into groups than, than, yeah. than they have in the past. But when you're talking about the flower shop, chocolate shop, insurance company, real estate, you really need a Facebook page dedicated to that because yeah. what, what falls under that umbrella is everything from ad manager to yeah. likes and it just, it works better for, for businesses. So I wanna add a little caveat there that, um, that, that when we're looking at those channels, uh, it's, uh, for Facebook, make sure you're doing a Facebook page. 
Uh, but but setting those up, right? So yeah. uh, find out what works. You know, I think Aaron, you've heard Aaron and me talk before. Uh, Facebook and Instagram mm -hmm. are probably your instant winners. Um, you know, if you're good on video, just setting up some YouTube. Um, if you're a more B2B uh, uh, business, LinkedIn is going to be your best spot probably. And we could go down the list. But I think that those are probably the top four or five that, so create that checkbox and say, I need to be setting up a channel on all those. And part of that is creating real estate, a digital real estate. So part of that is you may find that you put the most effort, most time and most content into Facebook, but you also still have to have real estate on LinkedIn. The amount of people, I'm still amazed in Vermont, at least in Southern Vermont, that their LinkedIn profile tells me where they worked three years ago or three times ago, or three careers ago, and they're not working there anymore. Yeah. I know where they're working. And it's like, they're still working over and da da da, da. And yeah. I'm like, that was 10 years ago. It just shows yeah. that people aren't paying attention to that. But how important, even if you're a chocolatier, even if you're an owner-operator and you're running a pottery shop, how important, even on LinkedIn, that yeah. you have that accurate information. No, it, and it really shows that you have a pulse, um, mm -hmm. not to be too hard on people, but you really look like you don't have a pulse as a business if you're not keeping these things updated and set, set up the way that they should be for a business that is open. Yeah, and think about search. So think about even when you search that you're Googling and you're going to Google this person or this business. And I would love the top five things to show up that I have a Facebook page, that my website's coming up, that my LinkedIn is accurate. And all those things are actually going to pop up if they were to type in, I heard Matt Harrington and I heard Chamber. And if they were to type in Matt Harrington Chamber, I'm hoping that those that above the fold, the first five to seven things are everything from my Twitter, my LinkedIn, my website, my other website, all those things need to be accurate. So remember that you're creating a personal identity and a brand identity and a business identity online. And so although Google does not like when those things don't jive. So just imagine that you're helping the Google gods by, uh, by coming together on all those platforms. So we, we've harped enough on, on those yeah. platforms. So, but, but remember, going through our checklist, develop the narrative, create the paid strategy, the organic strategy, create that customer information database and acquisition, create that monthly uh, event, and, and, and with that, also try and create a, a monthly press release. Mm -hmm. Happy to send anybody the template to a press release. If that's kind of bewildering to you, yeah. uh, there's, a, there's a formulaic thing that helps news media figure out what you're talking about very quickly. It's not a hard thing to do. Uh, what we just got done talking about was setting up those social channels. What do we got next? Next, we're going to talk about uh, creating a content calendar. Mm, and Aaron's favorite thing. Yes. Well, there's so much uh, mental freedom and like kind of like peace of mind once you get this piece out of the way. Um, it goes back to batching and that type of stuff. But, you know, looking ahead, I know for like, say, uh, destination marketing and regions and or even just a small town look ahead and see all the biggest thing all the big things in your area in the next year and then look at nationally and then look at what creative things do we want to do around that and then thinking about what really applies to your business if you map that out which takes a little time you gotta you know sit down with uh, another person or two from your your company to kind of brainstorm but um by kind of creating the calendar. It starts off with like the dates and the things that you want to do. And then from there, you want to create the content that you're actually going to deploy based off that schedule. So one thing that we find, and again, it's why it's on this checklist is, uh, and, 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 and I have a good relationship with our local newspaper here who I'm, I have a good relationship with the ad person who's been there for 20 years. And she will still t say to this day, 
even though these businesses have existed for 30 years, 10 years, whatever, they're just not ready for Mother's Day when Mother's Day comes. They're just not ready for graduation when graduation. Like, mm -hmm. And it's only been happening for the 30 years you've been in business, but how often we don't have a cadence and we aren't preparing. So think about when you as a consumer are buying into something. When you're buying into a movie you want to go watch, does that trailer come out the day before the movie mm -hmm. is in your theater? It doesn't. It comes out three to four months before that. So be thinking about that when you're building your marketing strategy. That for Mother's Day, it doesn't help on Friday of Mother's Day Sunday to start the marketing on that. It doesn't yeah. even help to actually be a week ahead. That really you want to create a crescendo from about six to eight weeks out to that event. And think about how many times that has to happen. So it has to happen for Mother's Day, it has to happen for Father's Day, you gotta put graduation in there. So think about where your business, chocolatier, insurance, you know insurance is a good one. When do people most buy new homes or rent new places that need that type, you know, so build your, build your strategy around the things that impact your business. And I'll be honest, I'll, I'll, I'll admit, we've been, you know, I've been at the chamber four years, Aaron, you've been with us, I think the full time, I think we finally have gotten around after four years to say these are at least A, the major festivals that are happening, and B, some form of what a 365-day uh, destination marketing strategy looks like. And we are looking at those hopefully six to eight weeks ahead of time, making sure people are getting ready for Mayfest, making sure people are getting ready for the next thing that's coming around the corner and we're doing it in, in a way that consumers can plan ahead. And that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to get to the consumer, make sure that they're buying in at an escalating level to come to your flower shop for graduation so that they can have the rose or whatever they're gonna to give to their graduate, right? Yep, exactly, and I, I think this kind of also, one of the things we also talk about are you know posting daily. And mm -hmm. if you use a content calendar to help you think through what you're gonna post and you use that strategy that we talked about at the beginning today, um, you know, say that gives you three posts a week that are planned and then you still have like Tuesdays and Thursdays where you're gonna do the stuff that's like spur of the moment from your business. I think it, it creates a peace of mind where there's strategy behind what you're doing and then it's also if you batch it it's not really as big of an issue time-wise as you might think when you first start thinking about oh how am i going to actually post daily or mm -hmm. how am i going to post twice a day how am i going to manage all these channels if you put all this thought and planning behind it it really makes it much simpler and efficient to run when you deploy it yep uh last thing and and, uh, and this Absolutely is not the last thing, right. but in terms of this vodcast yeah. episode, we have to put closure on the things we would do if we took over marketing uh, yeah. department. But one of the things that, again, is just low-hanging fruit would be because you've collected all that data, because you've collected the customer, because you've set up your website and now you've set yeah. up your social channels, you want to create a conversation that's happening weekly, if not monthly. Um, with your customer, and so some of that is still in the power of a newsletter or however yeah. variations you want to do it. So I know you do a lot with Tuna Skin, and that might be a little bit more um, of a sales pitch or the newest line that's coming out, so that happens. Yeah. We do one weekly with our members and monthly with our tourists. Um, yeah. So really creating a cadence within your newsletter, using the data that you've captured uh, by all your raffles and pop-up screens and that sort of thing, but building that and, and within that in an interesting way, it's a full circle because that newsletter helps you create your narrative and the narrative drives down through all the checklist to help you create that newsletter. 
Yep, and and have that newsletter be part of your content calendar. Mm -hmm. So put it on the calendar and say, you know, by this date every month, I got to put that thing together based on what's going on. And yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. And again, knowing that email is an older thing, it's still super valuable as long as people are signing up that want to be there. And if they don't, they can unsubscribe. So it's and it's not a big deal if they do that. Um, the key is, you know, that you're um, putting that out on whatever schedule works for you. And um, I think I think that's definitely um, something to have in your toolbox. Still. And, and, and provide value. When, when, yeah. you know, I, when people say email is dead, I say, have you ever subscribed to Gap or Banana Republic? And I'll tell you, you know, they, 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 they used to send uh, amazing deals through that. And so I know I'd be at the store scrolling through my emails trying to find that Banana Republic or whatever happened to be email because they were like, hey, if you take this email into the store, you get, you'll get an additional 20% off. So yep. I think there are ways to test and try out how did that effect of that newsletter is. Mm-hmm. And it can't be droning on about whatever. It really has to be impactful to that consumer. And what does the consumer want? Mm-hmm. You know, So create that newsletter around there. I always think at the end of a newsletter, it's great to put a little coupon box. So make them read through the rest of your news, at least make them scroll through the rest of your news mm-hmm. to get to that. But if you do it consistently, they will know to look forward to your flower newsletter, your chocolate newsletter, whatever newsletter that you're providing value at the bottom. It's kind of like why we put milk in the back of the store. You have to walk through the rest of the store to get to the milk yeah. and bread. Um, so you're doing that same thing digitally with your newsletter. Yeah, so why don't we run through one last time. Yep. Our, uh, starting off creating that narrative and uh, the story for your brand uh, as number one. Number two, Creating that organic and paid strategy, really what we're talking about is that marketing plan. Uh, So sit down with yourself uh, and maybe some of your creative team uh, and create that strategy you you want to deploy. Yeah, then creating a customer information, kind of like database using either email, Facebook, Pixel, or Google Display remarketing. Um, So, and then leveraging that down the road uh, for your business. Um, After that, creating the monthly event that we talked about and pairing that with a press release. So if your goal is to send out a press release a month, that might as well be about that cool event yep. you have every month. Yep. yep. And, and that press release can be even transformed to a post on your website. Uh, mm-hmm. You can do kind of, you're your own media company again, so you can use your Facebook channels, your Instagram channels, your, your website to do some variation of that press release, but you mm-hmm. can also send that, you should send that press release to an ongoing media contact list that you're creating. We have mm-hmm. one in our Google Docs. Um, you, it's, it, you know, look at the, the, the surrounding area that you want to influence and go after and find the contacts for that. So after you write that press release and send it out, um, you know, in this day and age, you, you got to be setting up the social channels. And so we would recommend uh, immediately getting on a Facebook and Instagram, um, mm-hmm. a LinkedIn, and then I think finding the nuanced ones that, that you want to belong to, but even just taking up that digital real estate space so that Google is very friendly with you when it's looking through your data, whether that be on your website, your Facebook, your Instagram, LinkedIn, they all match. And now they are creating a full picture of who you are as your business owner. Yep. Uh, So we got that. And then the next one, creating the content calendar and the content. And again, this is fueled by that strategy and your brand narrative that we started off with. Um, So content calendar, huge. And then the last item being, um, at least for this list today, is the newsletter. And um, if if you can do those things, and I know it might sound like a large list, but I'd encourage you to sit down and think for, you know, get away from the shop a little bit 
think about how you might be able to deploy against some of these things because this mm -hmm. is basic building blocks and then the game starts. Yeah. Like, if you're not even doing this, the game hasn't even started, you're in the dugout and the gate's closed. Yeah. This just gets you into the arena, this gets you into the game, mm -hmm. and then after that, then you start to drill into some of the, the other podcasts and podcasts that, that uh, Aaron and I have talked on. Sounds good, I think that's uh, good for today. That's good for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Marketing Vermont. We will be back and we hope you stay tuned. Leave us some comments if you've enjoyed the show, uh, if you have some ideas about what else you'd like us to dig into. Until then, thank you so much for tuning in.